It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, Yeah. And you say, Shaw City. Shaw City. Rams Nation! What's happening? What's good? It's your boy, Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. It's the Wednesday edition of Lockdown Rams. You know what that means. It's crossover day. We've got Lauren Cox from Lockdown Bears. We had a great conversation earlier. We'll get to that in a little bit. Guys, don't forget, we've got a lot of awesome things happening on this network. Go find us on Instagram and Twitter. Check out the network accounts as well. Locked on NBA net and locked on NFL net. All of the hottest stories put in one place. It's a great follow. Also, while you're doing that, give your boy a follow. LA underscore Rambling Bear on Twitter. Locked on Rams on all accounts. Facebook. We got a group going. Join that. Instagram. Twitter. Reach out to us. We've got a phone number somewhere around here. I'm panicking looking for it, but I can't find it. You know where it's at. It's on Twitter. Hit us up. Leave a voicemail. Tuesday, we always do big ups. We let the voice be heard of you guys. So I always appreciate when I get it, someone reaching out and they say, this is my first time with a question. I love that. Keep it coming. This episode is brought to you by Tom's Urban. We did a watch party on Sunday. It was awesome. If you guys haven't been down there, it's right by Staples Center. Go check it out. For the Lockdown listeners, they're still doing our special. It's a tall Miller Lite and some wings for 15 bucks. It's a great deal. They got the U-Pour section on the second floor. Ask Harrison about that as well. But today is Wednesday, crossover day. It's Bears Week. Sunday night football, under the lights, in the cold, down by the lake in Chicago. I hit us with a little Kanye West to bring us into today's show, Homecoming. If you don't know by now, I'm talking about Chi-Town. Yes, sir. It's going to be a good one as we're talking Sunday games. This one was flexed into the Sunday night schedule. Well, we have our Eagles matchup next week, home at the Coliseum. That was already in the Sunday night schedule and all reports that came out today, we're still keeping that game. So back-to-back primetime games. I mentioned it yesterday, but we're 3-0 and in primetime games. We'll see how we can finish the season. I like our matchup against the Bears. I like that home matchup against the Eagles. The Eagles won the other day, and they're playing well. They have the Cowboys coming up this weekend. Really could put themselves first in the division. That division's crazy, by the way. It was Washington up top for a while. Then all of a sudden, the Cowboys went on a hot streak, and the Eagles have gotten hot. And now, all of a sudden, all three of them are right there uh, battling for first place. Not the case in our division. We are we are we Deion Sanders our way into the end zone into the NFC Championship. Probably about the 40 yard line, we started high kicking and celebrating. We won the division with ease. Not the case in some of these divisions. Fun games, but we're back on Sunday Night Football next week. So if you guys are going to the game. Talk to me about it. Tell me about where you're sitting. I'm excited. Tag us in any photo that you take out there. I'd be more than happy to repost you on our Instagram. I love seeing stuff come in from the fans. So share whatever you're doing. I want to see what's going on, that environment at the Coliseum. I wonder how close it will be matched to that Kansas City. I know it's a different game, different score, different aura around that game. But I expect that it's going to be loud and proud, another giveaway, and some towels waving, and 
The Rams obviously fed off that, so hopefully we can reenact the same. couple quick news and notes before we get over to the interview. Uh, came out today that Malcolm Brown most likely is going to need surgery, and if not, either way, he's going to miss the rest of the regular season. The next big question is who's the backup going to be, right? Is it Justin Davis? Is it John Kelly? A lot of excitement in Rams Nation about John Kelly. We're dying to see what this guy can do. He put up some big numbers at Tennessee, and he's a fun runner to watch. But Justin Davis, a few years ago, if you remember, he got some good run in the preseason, had some big runs. He's a fast, tiny guy that can get through those holes, kind of a change of pace back. Todd Gurley does it all. But I'm curious to see how they they go about that situation. We're going to miss Malcolm Brown, his leadership, very comfortable in the system, great blocker, great special teams guy. I think that's where we're going to miss him most. But uh, we'll keep you up to date as we learn more information about what they're going to do in that backup running back position. But for today, let's get to my conversation I had earlier with Lauren Cox, Locked On Bears. We'll be back tomorrow with Vinny Bonsignor. So if you have any questions for Vinny or Serena over the next couple of days, hit me up on social media. I'll be more than happy to ask. But with that said, you know what it is, Rams Nation. Until next time, peace. Enjoy my conversation with Lauren and Locked On Bears. All right, welcome in all Locked On podcast listeners. It's the Wednesday edition, so that means it is a Locked On crossover. I am Bear Motter, host of Locked On Rams. We've got Lauren Cox with us, Locked On Bears. We're going to talk about this awesome, exciting matchup we have this Sunday night under the lights in the cold primetime Sunday night football. Lauren, how you doing, bud? I'm doing well. I'm excited for, you know, not only the biggest test of the year for the Bears, but it really should be a, a fun matchup between, you know, a, a Rams team going up against a Bears defense that's got some some pretty strong resume so far this season. Yeah, there's a lot of things to kind of circle about this game that's really exciting. Obviously, Sunday night primetime, the whole nation is watching. Uh, we've got two defensive players that individually can win a game by themselves and both teams have you know been seen on the back of those players and creating things and you talked about our high-flying offense which against the Lions didn't really play even though we scored 30 points didn't really have that same feeling as it did last week but your defense can match up against any offense out there so a lot of storylines here and I want to kind of start with where we came from, because I just mentioned that Lions game that we went and won on the road, and it was a little bit of a struggle. The score really doesn't play to the game as far as how it was played, but you guys are coming off of a loss out in New York, a game that you played, you know, second game with your backup quarterback. For all signs sound like Mitchell Trubisky is coming back, but talk to me about that game, and, and you know, what does it do to this team? Because I didn't know if I wanted you guys to win or wanted you to lose. Emotionally, how do you think they're coming into this week coming off that loss? So the probably the most um concerning thing about that game was just the quality or lack thereof of that defense that we've been talking about that it seemed like for the first time all season or maybe not all season but the first time in a while since Khalil Mack has been healthy and you know everything seems to be in order the defense was vulnerable particularly to Eli Manning and a, a Giants offense that hasn't particularly scared a ton of people this year. I know the Giants have kind of quietly played a lot closer against quality opponents than their four and eight record might suggest, but still giving up 30 points and and going into overtime before the loss to the Giants is not the confidence boosting performance 
you want to see before this team takes on an offense like the Rams. And, you know, some of it was a, a lack of pass rush. Some of it was just a, a lack of energy as they went down the stretch. It, some, it was really hard to pin down exactly any, you know, one thing that seemed to go wrong. It was just kind of everything falling apart at the same time. So going into a game against the Rams, when this defense will need to be at its absolute best, there's, there's some cause for concern about why and how things started to go a little bit awry last week, which I guess is mirroring what happened offensively for the Rams. So maybe it's a good time for both of these teams. You're right. It's going to be kind of a, an interesting uh, game after both those games that the teams just had where, you know, neither were extremely impressive. The Rams were coming off the bye, so maybe a little shaky coming off that. And then, again, you know, we talked about you going back-to-back games with your backup quarterback. And Chase Daniels didn't play terrible, but he didn't. He wasn't obviously good enough to go in there, you know, lean on him at big times to really make the moment. I know uh, Cohen had a big touchdown pass at the end of the game that kind of caught people off surprise, which, again, just kind of goes into – what can't that man do? It seems like returning kicks and punts and then, uh, you know, running the ball, catching the ball, and now obviously throwing the ball. So he's a very dangerous guy that the Rams are going to have to, you know, really game plan for. But kind of looking, and you talked about that Bears defense, uh, they gave up 125 yards on the ground to Barkley, which almost mirrors what Todd Gurley had this last game. I think he had like 127 or 128, something like that, a little bit over that mark. Uh, but, you know, coming off that where your defense didn't play too well against the run, how are they going to adjust to things and who's going to be kind of the big factor in stopping Todd Gurley in the running game of the Rams? So the Bears haven't particularly had the strongest run defense this season. And for the I mean, they, they were on a nice stretch there, you know, when they played like the Jets and the Bills and even the Lions the first time and, and some of the Vikings. But, you know, they gave up a lot of rushing yards against the Dolphins and Patriots. And, you know, even two weeks ago against the Lions, LeGarrette Blunt went for almost 100 yards. And it doesn't always necessarily negatively affect them. I mean, obviously, it's never a good thing, but it it hasn't always been the true detriment of this defense, despite the box score numbers not necessarily looking good, but a lot of that comes down to the linebacker play, you know, Danny Trevathan and Roquan Smith, you hear those two names and they are two very well-known and and quality starting inside linebackers. But at times this season, they have struggled to get off blocks on the interior and and really make those plays near the line of scrimmage that you'll see Roquan and and Trevathan less so rack up pretty big tackle numbers. I I think Roquan's hit double digits in a few games and leads the bears in tackles this season, if I'm not mistaken, but a lot of those tackles in the running game happen six or seven or eight yards downfield from the line of scrimmage as to where it's not really him making a good play. It's just kind of him preventing a, a potentially bigger play. So they, you know, they haven't been able to get that penetration from the linebackers that they get it from the defensive line pretty well, but it's that second level where it seems like running backs are able to break free and at least have a little bit more space once they get through that first level. And I anticipate that being an issue with Todd Gurley. The question for me becomes how much does that ultimately end up impacting the final score? You know, I think a lot of it's going to come down to what Jared Goff is able to do. And certainly what this Bears offense is able to do in in taking care of the football and not giving the Rams extra opportunities to score. Yeah, it's a good point. And one thing that the Lions did pretty well was keeping the ball out of Jared Goff's hands. I mean, he was struggling to get the offense going, but the, their offense was able to rush the ball and, and keep that time of possession in their favor. 
and keep Jared Goff off the field and never allowing him to really get in a flow. I think that's going to be huge for the Bears. Having the home field advantage and a monster defense, you know, keep your defense on the side as much as you can and let that offense kind of milk some clock. What we're going to do is we're going to step aside. We've got a lot more to get into here with Bear Motter, Lauren Cox, Wednesday edition, Locked on Rams. We'll be right back after this. All right, guys, before we get over to the next segment, you know what I got to talk about. Yes, I mentioned it earlier in the show, but we're talking about Tom's Urban. It is the spot to go if you're downtown L.A. and you're going pre or post game to anything. It's a jump shot from Staples Center. It's a swing pass from the Coliseum. They have a happy hour Monday through Friday, 2 to 5 p.m. Go check it out. And then they also have the late night happy hour, which is from 10 p.m. to close Sunday through Thursday. Same deals. Anything that pours is half off. You got to go check it out. They've also revamped their whole food menu. And believe me, they have amazing food. We were there on Sunday just eating wings and their pizza's awesome there. They've got a bunch of amazing things. Go check it out. Is the spot pre and post game for events down there by LA Live. Ask Harrison about the you pour section on the second floor. That's 50 taps of self-service pint possibilities. That's right. 50 taps upstairs. They also have margaritas and Moscow mules on tap. It gets dangerous, but believe me, in a good way. For more information on our special, go to tomsurban.com backslash locked on. The suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trail Blazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, we are back. This is our second segment. I am Bear Motter of Locked On Rams. We've got Lauren Cox from Locked On Bears. Go find us on social media at Locked On Bears, at Locked On Rams. My personal is at LA underscore Rambling Bear. Lauren, where could everyone find uh, your personal account and some of the information you put up? Uh, at Cox Sports One. I always say it's Fox Sports One, but with a C. There you go. There you go. My man's got his own network going on. Go follow him. He puts up a lot of great <laughs> content uh, throughout the week. And then, obviously, five days a week here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Guys, also, give us a subscribe. Go follow us. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Leave a review. Five-star would be nice. But let us know what you think. Always interact. All of us are love having you guys listen and love interacting with you. So, Go find us, follow us, follow, do all that stuff, do all that social media stuff. But we're talking Bears, we're talking Rams, we're talking Sunday night. 
you mentioned uh, that defense, and you know we haven't even gotten to mention our defense yet. So we'll kick in right now. We'll talk about Aaron Donald, and we've got Khalil Mack. And I'm going to toss up a, a tough question here. And let's say you're drafting tomorrow, and you start your franchise on a defense. I'll give you the opportunity to take either Mack or Aaron Donald. I know who your guy is, but talk to me about that and maybe why you would make that pick. Yeah, you know, the pro football-focused analyst in me says take Aaron Donald, that he is so much, even more so an outlier than Khalil Mack is. And Khalil Mack is a a defensive player of the year candidate himself and, you know, arguably one of the best, if not the best, edge rushers in the NFL. I mean, probably right up there, Von Miller and him going head-to-head for that top spot. But there is no other interior pass rusher that compares to Aaron Donald. And a lot of the analytics we've been running at PFF lately have been looking into how much interior pressure affects a quarterback compared to pressure from the edge. And it seems that rushes from right up the middle. It seems a little bit intuitive, but that pass rush right up the middle is more disruptive in terms of affecting the quarterback on a play. And, and obviously his ability to get the pass off in spite of it. So I am, I am team Aaron Donald in that debate, but it's, it's obviously a close one. And it, there's, there's no discounting how much value a guy like uh, Khalil Mack adds to the defense. And certainly the Bears have seen such uh, an impressive performance from him and a super large increase from just the level of play of everyone else around him since they added him on the defense. Yeah, and I got to apologize to all the Locked On Bears listeners out there because that was a trick question. I know Lauren's got a pro football focus background, so I kind of set that one up. So everyone out there that – you know, wants him to support your team. I saw that coming. That was that was a trick question, and he didn't fall for it. You're right. They're just interior defense. There's no other guy like him in the NFL, and and both those guys making a push for defensive player of the year. But Aaron Donald is on his way, making a push for an MVP candidate. And I'm not sure if the writers and whoever else really votes on that, if they're going to really allow that to happen. But he's got a few games left to really make some noise. He's at 16 and a half sacks for a, a defense alignment. And I think that's third best all time in the NFL. He's got a lot of time left. And Mitch Trubisky is coming off of an injury. And uh, so talk to me about that offensive line and how did they game plan for a guy like this? Because the Lions really gave him a couple too many one-on-one matchups, and I'm sure the Bears are watching that film going, why the heck did you do that? But talk to me about how you game plan. We got to lead back. This defense looked really good, only gave up three points in the first half. How do the Bears, with you know Mitch Trubisky coming back off that injury, try to get this offense to move the football? So I, I don't know if there is a successful game plan for slowing down Aaron Donald. I, I mean, you would know better than me, but I don't think we've seen any team <laughs> – really, really do that for four quarters. So the Bears are in a particularly tough situation here because uh, at left guard is rookie second-round pick James Daniels, who has played well for a rookie second-round pick, but is not, you know, a Pro Bowl caliber guard yet by by any means. And then at right guard, Kyle Long is on injured reserve. So right now it is journeyman Brian Witzman, who used to play for Matt Nagy with the Chiefs and, and I think spent some time as a backup for the Minnesota Vikings. And couldn't crack the starting lineup there and has been very below average the last few weeks. So both guard spots are arguably the most vulnerable of any of the spots on this offensive line. The center Cody Whitehair has been playing well this season, a a former second round pick himself. And I imagine you'll see a lot of slide protections to James Daniels, side or to whatever side Aaron Donald is lining up to try and get that center and guard double team on him as much as possible. But then, you know, if Cody Whitehair is helping James Daniels to the left with Aaron Donald, 
You're leaving Dominican Sue, maybe one-on-one with Brian Witzman at right guard or vice versa. Sue one-on-one with James Daniels. And there's just, I mean, I don't know how you're supposed to protect against this pass rush. You're, you're going to see running back to left in pass protection, but they're not going to do that with Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard doesn't have, you know, a ton of experience doing that and hasn't been asked to do that a ton. So I, I maybe we'll see more of Benny Cunningham, one of their other running backs who's a little bit better, a former Ram, you would know, yep. who's a little bit better in pass protection. And certainly they'll leave more tight ends in to help. Maybe if you help more on the edge, then you can uh, just assign more interior players to the defensive tackles. But uh, I think they got to just work on getting rid of the ball as quickly as possible. Maybe some play action in there to try and get Donald, you know, going after the ball carrier and some rollouts and moving pockets just to get Trubisky out of the center of that pocket where the interior pass rush is coming. Yeah, I think the you, you kind of finish with some of the very important things that we saw a lot at the beginning of the year, the Rams defense and quarterbacks getting rid of the ball. It was basically drop one, two, throw. And somewhere throughout the season, people stopped going to that. I know they try to do it at the beginning of the game, and then as the game wears down, your offensive line gets a little bit tired, your quarterback starts looking further down the field. Uh, that kind of goes out the window. But we haven't seen a lot of that as much lately, and it's allowing Aaron Donald to get in there, and basically it feels like he's averaging two sacks a game this last you know handful of games. So they're going to have to figure out something. Uh, you're right, some slide protections. But the one thing that's been really great for the Rams in the past few games and I think is going to be a big part of them closing the season and into the playoffs is the play of guys like Corey Littleton and Ibukam and Fowler, who we added from the Jaguars not too long ago. All those guys' arrows are pointing up. They've been involved in some big plays. Uh, Littleton was brought in on a blot on a blitz and came through clean. So uh, that's the crazy thing about this defense and what we kind of expected going into the season uh, as we signed all these free agents on paper, we seemed like this defense that was going to perform, you know, top two, top three in the league. And they kind of had, hadn't, really shown that yet obviously we had to leave out for eight weeks we get them back last week and all of a sudden we play great so we're hoping that that leadership uh you know will continue to extend but as we're talking defense i want to jump back over to you guys and uh cleo matt gets all the attention a lot like aaron donald gets a lot of the attention over here talk to me about some some guys on the defense uh who would you think is probably the someone that needs to get recognized a lot more on that defense that's not getting the hype well it's it's sometimes it's hard to judge hype properly because for example a guy like Akeem Hicks continues to get just uh, uh, effusive praise in Chicago and I think that as they've had more national games he's becoming a name known more outside of the, the you know the world of the Bears fandom and he is making a, a pretty strong Pro Bowl push this year so far so I mean he's a guy that is still, I, I consider, underrated and not well enough known outside of the city of Chicago because he is very clearly their, probably their second best defensive player overall. Uh, just phenomenal in the running game. He, he gets one or two tackles for loss a game consistently every week and gets pressure after the quarterback as well as, as, as most quality interior defensive linemen, Aaron Donald notwithstanding. But, you know, uh, besides those two guys, Kyle Fuller is, is having a really strong season. He's, he's tied with the league league for interceptions at six. At that cornerback position, Eddie Jackson, the second-year safety, is be is taking that next step as a a pretty consistent playmaker on the back end and getting some big turnovers in there as well. And and even in the middle of that defensive line, Eddie Goldman, the nose tackle, not a guy that puts up big numbers in in any of the traditional stats, but in terms of just kind of occupying blocks and at least trying to free up the linebackers behind him, it hasn't always worked that well for the linebackers behind him. But Eddie Goldman on that interior is. 
uh, one of the under the radar nose tackles out there in the league. There's, you know, there's, there's a, they feel comfortable with having different guys that can threaten offenses from a pass rushing standpoint with, you know, with Mac on one side, Floyd occasionally getting some pressure opposite him, you know, defensive coordinator Vic Fangio doesn't blitz a ton, but when he does, it seems to be pretty effective with, you know, with defensive backs coming off the edge. So they'll, they'll stunt a lot. They'll get some different pressures from Mac and Hicks and line them up all over and just try and throw as many different things as they can at this Rams offensive line. Well, they're going to get their shot on a national televised game to get some more hype for their name, as we say there. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to step aside. We're going to be back. We're going to do some predictions. We're going to talk about keys to the game and more. I'm Bear Motter, Locked On Rams. We also got Lauren Cox with us from Locked On Bears. We'll be right back after this. If you don't know by now, talk about shot town. All right, Rams Nation, before we get over to our next segment, sure, watching football is fun, but it's more entertaining when you have some action on the games, right? You've heard us talking about this for weeks, and some of you are on the sidelines still. Whether you're an expert or a rookie, you should be betting at my bookie. See what I did there? If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, like playing the numbers on roulette, you can create a big parlay with just a few bucks. Pick three teams to win, and you hit all three, you could have turned $100 into $600. There's so much you can bet on college basketball, football, NBA, NHL, custom props, even esports. You name it, they've got it at my bookie. It is the best place to bet. And look, I recommend these guys because I really trust them. And that's where my money's going when I'm betting on sports. They've been in business for years. They've got great online reviews. Their mobile site is easy to use and you can bet live during the game. Sign up this week and my bookie will give you 50% deposit to jumpstart your bankroll. Also, make sure to follow BetMyBookie on Twitter. They personally respond to every mention and DM. Not to mention, they've given away more than $10,000 in free money to their followers this football season. So you'll be the first to know as soon as new odds or props are posted. Don't miss out on one of the best weeks to bet on sports this year. Log on to MyBookie right now. Use the promo code LOCKEDON and you get 50% deposit bonus. That's the promo code LOCKEDON. You play, you win, you get paid. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fancy Football with your Locked On Fancy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fancy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. You can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. All right, guys, it is game week. It's Wednesday, crossover edition. We've got Lauren Cox from Lockdown Bears and Bear Motter from Lockdown Rams. We're talking the awesome matchup that is this weekend. 
you know, as we look at this game, we've talked about the offense. We've talked about the defense. How are we going to stop Gurley? How are we going to stop Mac? There's a lot of things going on. But talk to me about maybe a couple keys to victory for you guys. If you guys, if the Bears are going to come out with a win on Sunday, what are the things they're going to need to do? So some of the things we've talked about certainly apply with Mitchell Trubisky being able to get rid of the ball quickly and, and still being able to move the offense vertically. They can be a little bit stale sometimes, especially if the pass rush is getting home and, and he's been vulnerable to just blitzes in general as well, trying to properly recognize them pre-snap and, and get the ball out as a result. And so the Bears will need to find ways to have Trubisky to get time to throw to be able to at least incorporate some threat of a downfield passing attack in addition to some of the mismatches they can get underneath with guys like Tariq Cohen and, and Trey Burton and Taylor Gabriel. And and so I think from that standpoint, you know, the running game isn't something that's been consistent at any point in this season. And they've, you know, they won eight of their first 11 games as a result. So I, I don't think, I don't think they're going to be too concerned if the running game can't get going once again, but from a, from a passing standpoint, they need to not be, limited to the underneath game. And then on the other side of the ball, getting a consistent pass rush is always the key for this defense. It's, it's what allows Kyle Fuller to play so aggressive this season and, and get those turnovers, you know, same thing for Eddie Jackson and slot cornerback Bryce Callahan has been getting a few himself. It, it's when that pass rush gets home consistently, or at least hurries the quarterback to his throws consistently. The defensive backs are able to play more aggressive on routes and, you know, maybe bite on what could be a double move with the chance of getting that turnover and, and being able to trust that the quarterback won't have time to execute that double move and get the throw off downfield. So they're able to jump those routes in and play more aggressive at the stem of the route because that pass rush gets home. But when that pass rush struggles, like we saw sometimes last week against the, the giants, there's more time for the quarterback to get rid of the ball and they can be more vulnerable down the stretch. So it's about, it's about this defense being able to stay aggressive. And I guess the offense being able to stay aggressive as well. So when you talk about the offense, how confident um, you know are you and Bears fans in Mitch coming back after two weeks, being a little rusty, and then coming into this you know very prime time game? You know, where's the confidence level with with his health and then his ability to come in and perform off the bench like that? So there was some uh, I guess understanding or expectation that he could have potentially played last week against the Giants had it been you know say a playoff game or even probably this Rams matchup, if we're being honest, but because it was the Giants and because maybe he wasn't 100% completely, you know, they didn't want to rush him and they didn't want to force him out there uh, against a team they probably should have beat. But coming into this game, I think there's almost no question Mitchell Trubisky will play. I think the Bears are going to be coy about it this week and not, you know, not admit to the Rams fully that, hey, this is for sure going to be our guy, at least not initially, but Mitch was throwing during warmups last week and has, has already been throwing this week. And so I, I think that there's little issue with the injury coming into this game. As far as rust, you know, I think that's maybe to be expected a little bit. And it'll be hard to tell maybe some how much of that is rust versus just playing a, a good Rams defense and right. particularly a strong front pass rush there. So, you know, I, I think there's some room here for Mitch to potentially get some plays off against a secondary that at times has been more vulnerable than expected, but certainly not bad by any means. So, you know, I think I think there's going to be some rust, but I think for the most part, the Bears are just looking for him to continue to take the steps forward in development that they saw earlier this season, uh, even if that that looks a little rough at times against a defense like this. Well, he's definitely a fun quarterback to watch, so I'm glad he's coming out healthy. And you're right, with the lead that you guys have built, 
uh, in your own division, it kind of allowed them to sit him for that Giants game. You know, I mean, if you if you had Minnesota or Green Bay or anybody uh, on your tail there, you would have been maybe forced to, you know, start him in a, you know, not so healthy situation. But the lead that you guys were able to build in your own division kind of gave him that flexibility. As far as, far as the Rams go uh, for this game, some of the keys that I think are going to be important are – uh, coming out to a hot start, you know, when when we talked about all these factors, playing in Chicago, the crowd, the cold, uh, that defense, to come out and get an early lead will be huge. Put that pressure right back on Mitch to go out there and score points because we know their defense can usually hang or keep them in a ball game, but if they get down quick and then all of a sudden is turned over to Mitch and say, hey, you know, now you're down 10, now you're down 14 at home and you haven't played in a couple weeks, what what are you going to do? I think that's a big thing for the Rams to get a good start in the game. Again, we talked about it uh, multiple times on our show here, but Sean McVay is undefeated. It's my favorite stat. Everyone that's listening that has listened to Lockdown Rams is like, here he goes again with that stat. But he's undefeated when he wins the time of possession. And so I think if he can keep our offense on the field and you know take over that uh, control of the game, because I think the Bears are going to want to do that. So if he can counter that and take control of that, I think it's going to be huge for us. And then turnovers. The Bears are crazy good at creating turnovers. And then not only creating turnovers, but creating points off turnovers. So if Mitch can't do it, their defense has definitely been able to step up and score points for the Bears. And I think that's something that Jared Goff has got to be very aware of, making sure his throws are are safe throws. And he's not trying to do too much if we're in scoring position and whatnot. Todd Gurley's got to take care of the ball. And I think those are the keys for the Rams to kind of come in here and be able to, I don't want to say steal victory, but uh, win a tough one on the road late in the year. Uh, as we kind of you know flip the page here and we look to wrap this thing up, uh, let's talk some score predictions. I haven't checked as of late, and I probably should have before I jumped on here, but my bookie, big sponsor of the show, uh, earlier in the week they had it at a three-and-a-half-point favorite for uh, the Rams. Uh, what do you think about that spread? And you know, maybe give me a prediction if, if you uh, feel comfortable enough yet to and, and talk about how this game's going to look. Yeah, I can confirm my bookie is still at three and a half points for this game. And I would predict a, a Los Angeles Rams victory one way or another. I don't think, you know, as much as these two teams have been compared and, you know, the Bears are trying to get to where the Rams are, the Bears aren't yet where the Rams are. It's always kind of felt like they're still maybe, you know, a year away from, from you know, the experience Jared Goff has in that system and sort of the, the team they've been able to build around him. So, it, it does still feel, feel to me like a the Rams are the obviously the favorite team and the team that is going to win. There's just a lot stacked up against the Bears at this point. I think Chicago will keep it close, but I I don't know. I, I'm te- I would be tempted to to take the Rams plus the spread there. I think they'll be able to potentially cover. I would I would think something along the lines of like a 31-24 Rams victory where it, it ends up being about a touchdown deficit and maybe. That's either the Rams pulled away late or the Bears pulled it close late, but ultimately not quite close enough. How about yeah. yourself? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you kind of made that comparison about, you know, just a year away. You know, they're really good right now, but they might be a year away from being very comfortable in a game like this. And Andrew Whitworth, we actually played a clip yesterday on Lockdown Rams about Aaron Whitworth talking about the difference between the Rams this year and last year. And he kind of had similar thoughts about last year. They were just excited 
to come together, Sean McVay's first year, some new guys on the team, to get to a point where they won 11 games and had a playoff at home. And that was the exciting thing. And now this year, they turn the page and they're like, they've added some more people. Expectations have increased big time. And now they feel comfortable in these games, these tough matchups to go out and win. So uh, very similarities as far as the Rams and the Bears, as far as where these teams were uh, now and last year. So uh, looking forward to the Bears continuing to get better. And hopefully this is a matchup we see a, a lot in the NFC, but I'm with you. I think the, the Rams are just talent-wise are just better. Uh, I think they're kind of more suited for these games late in the year with their high offense. The defense is really coming together at a right time, getting to lead back, so I think that's going to really help. And Mitch, I think it's going to be a little rusty, and, and in a game like this, you saw when we we played Kansas City, there's not really time to shake off rust in a game like this. you got to be uh, you know, 100% ready to go, and maybe he'll prove us all wrong, and he'll come out on fire. And you know, sitting him out against New York was the good thing to do. But I'm, I'm with you. I think, uh, the, I think we'll cover the spread, even though the, the Rams have really created some, some nightmares for us and some, some uh, very high blood pressure as you're watching some of their games. So I think it's more of like I'm looking at 34-28 Rams. I'm with you as far as I think – Either the Bears are going to come back and make this thing close or the Rams are going to get a late touchdown or defensive stop because Aaron Donald, that's about when he goes crazy and makes his game-impacting plays. So I think the Rams are going to win this one, cover the spread, and move to 12 wins. But I'm excited to see what this Bears team has to offer moving into the future. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. Go give Lauren a follow and uh, myself a follow Lockdown Bears, Lockdown Rams. Thanks so much for doing this, Lauren. I look forward to speaking to you. And hopefully, if it works out well for both of us, maybe we talk and we're talking NFC Championship talk. I was just going to say, maybe we'll have a playoff rematch in the works here. But that one will be almost certainly in Los Angeles. So it'll be a little bit of a different uh, style of the ball game, I imagine. Yeah, we're going to wear shorts to that ball game, and, and we'll enjoy the weather a little bit more. But <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully good things for you guys. And uh, if anything, just an exciting game on Sunday night football. Yeah, at the very least, it, objectively, it will be it should be an enjoyable football game to watch, even if the scoreboard doesn't necessarily turn out positively for Bears fans. All right, we'll talk to you soon, Lauren. If you don't know by now, I'm talking about shot town Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.